What the? Mike, did you pick this? What? Hey, welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. I'm Dr. Michael Terrian. And I'm Scott Lieb. We're two friends who are following Jesus into the joys and challenges of everyday life. Okay, hi. Hey, we're back. Yeah, you are back, most especially. Back. You're truly back. From I a, am. From a whirlwind uh, tour, tour across the country. Yes. Yeah. I went to Texas. Wow. And What'd you do there? Well, I went to the ASEA convention with my wife. Sounds great. No, I'm just kidding. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't really want to hear about it. <laughs> yeah, I won't. I won't talk about it, but it was a good time. Yeah, yeah. And it was really hot in Texas. My gosh, it was 95 during Ooh. the day. Ooh, and it, apparently it cooled off. They set a record this summer, so. Yeah, no. But it was good. I hadn't been to Fort Worth before. You came back inspired, so at some point maybe, you know, it's, I'm, I mean, I know what it was about. Maybe others would love to hear some of the more cool takeaways from your trip. Yeah. And then you went to all the way up north. Yeah, I went out all, all the way up to Nova Scotia. Wow. To Halifax to Dang. go visit with uh, Father James Mallins. So you were there, eh? Fine. R- renovation. I was there, eh? Do they say that up there? Uh, that far north? They do say it, but not too many people. Actually, you know, Father James is from Scotland, and his assistant, Anne Marie, is from Scotland. So, hmm. a lot of, a lot of Scottish accent going on there. Cool. They all sounded but like Sean Connery. N- no, actually, oh, not, okay, not that, it. not that accent. Well, and then, and then cool. I was with Rich Robinson from um, Movement Leaders Collective, and he's living in Edinburgh right now. So it was just a lot of Scotland. Wow! But it was it was Canada. That reminds me of a Saturday Night Live skit. Did they say anything like, "If it's not Scottish, it's crap"? No. Did they say that? No, no, mm. they didn't. It was a great skit. No, but it was. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I guess it's kind of funny because not a lot of Canadian dialect among the people we were with. And then the ones I've mentioned were kind of in and out of a little bit of a of an of an accent mm. of a, a Scottish Scottish accent. Okay, but yeah, no, it was it was a good time. I mean, I and Alan Hirsch was there, um, and we were all together because we're working on this this little book project. We're gonna try to we're gonna try to get Alan Hirsch's very amazing book, The Forgotten Ways. Uh, Put together as a Catholic edition of the Ooh, book. Exciting! And we've been talking about this for like two years, mm. but I we finally got together to sit down and figure out how we're going to do it. So, yeah. did you do it by smoking cigars or pipes and no, drinking it, scotch really. or brandy? No, we should do this. I think this would, this would be a great idea. Yeah, no, it really wasn't. We drank wine. We had a lot of wine <laughs> and coffee. I think more coffee than wine. Hmm. Wine at night, coffee during the day. But I was, j- I mean, the Divine Renovation and, and Movement Leaders Collective were, were working together on some stuff. And then I came up and joined them. And But anyway, it was, you know, it was a meeting of the minds. And, uh, and it was really great because I, I was, as I was telling you earlier, it was just really nice to be with them because I feel like we're all kind of operating in the same lane in the sense that we're all, we, we, we all kind of see things similarly in terms of what, we need to do to move forward in the church, and um, and it was just really inspiring um, to be able to have like really free conversations with people who you don't have to constantly qualify, contextualize, and um, and sort of uh, explain 
your thought on things. They just understand. Yeah. So it was it was awesome. I came back really, really uh, focused and excited. Yay! Yeah. And now we get to do this. Yes. We get to have a a conversation about something. Yes. And it's your turn it to is, come up with the topic. So it what's is. it going to be this um, time? I don't know. I think most immediately in my heart is talking about the S word. Oh, ooh, which one is that? There's so many. Um, but this one is, uh, this is a mouthful, scrupulosity. Ooh, scrupulosity. Yeah. I don't know what it means, but I read it somewhere and thought it would be a cool thing to talk about. No, I'm just kidding. Um but you know my my understanding of scrupulosity and and the reason I, that maybe we could talk about it is that it's a dangerous um and i maybe you could help me understand the the definition a little bit better but whenever i whenever i hear of uh scrupulosity i think i think of like uh uh, what do I want to say? Like having to jump through hoops or having to perform or having to like fulfill these requirements um, to to gain or to earn, you know, like uh, God's love or God's acceptance or or the, you know, like. Um, so, for instance, if I and we talked about this, <laughs> it was funny. We never got into it. But if I fold my hands the wrong way is is that somehow going to reflect poorly on my salvation that's a bit of an extreme example right but what i mean is like where um the idea of god's mercy extending over all things and his love being unending and us operating out of that we have a tendency to be like well i gotta do the things right and that becomes the most important thing is doing the things right you know, at the right times, in the right ways. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I just want to talk about your experience of scrupulosity in your own personal life, my experience of scrupulosity, um, and how we sort of, uh, or how we're in the process, if not totally overcoming that, because I don't know if we ever will, really, but um, until the end. But, uh, you know, what do we do to... Yeah, to navigate that in our own lives. So the table has been set, sir. Oh, well, let me uh, let me throw out a couple of initial thoughts to uh, get us rolling on this. So I, I guess you know, first of all, I think people can be scrupulous in different ways about different things, and at different times in the history of the church, people have been scrupulous in different ways. So, but I think that being said, I think the fundamental root of the problem, um, if I were to give it a some somewhat of a definition, is that when when we, it it, it comes out of a, a little bit of a works based righteousness. In other words, I have to sort of hustle for my worthiness before God. I have to somehow earn His love, and it's what I do that it, that precedes God's responsive love and mercy to me in my life. And, and so it, scrupulosity is not so much about the particular thing that I might be doing, whether it's folding my hands or um, my, my forms of piety or my gestures at, at liturgy or whatever. It's, it's much less about the particulars of those. It's much more about the interior disposition with which I approach those things. 
So if I do those things out of a, a deep sense of shame and a deep sense of needing to earn or somehow uh, hustle my way to a place where God will pay attention to me or God will love me or accept me or care for me, um, then, then most likely we're being scrupulous. Mm. And we're being scrupulous because we're going to perseverate and fixate on certain things. And the problem is, is what, and it's often externals, it's external behaviors or things. What happens when, when, when we do that is that we, um, we, first of all, we put the attention on ourselves and not on God. And we also have a tendency, um, you know, we can obsess on things and fall into the trap of what I, I like to call the gospel of forevermore, which is, you know, when's enough? When's enough enough? So if it's really good to pray, you know, the rosary, uh, say I pray the joyful mysteries of the rosary, and it's, you know, it's, it's Monday. Okay, great. Well, I mean, wouldn't it be better if I prayed, you know, two full sets? You know, pray two mysteries. Well, if that's if that's even better, maybe I should just pray the whole rosary every day. You know, or you know, like when it comes to making sacrifices or or little little penitential acts. You know, at what point does life become an extracurricular activity? Because I'm so fixated on trying to be good enough for God that pretty soon I I, I can't really live my life in a very functional way because I'm always obsessing about whether or not what I'm doing is good enough for him. Mm. And there, there's something just really, really wrong with that. But I have something else I want to say, but I'll hold off on it because I'm kind of curious as to what you think of that. Okay. Uh, yeah. Is scrupulosity ever—is there good scrupulosity? Well, just I mean, real quick. I, I mean, mean in terms of the word, no. I mean, I don't. Okay, I, I so think scrupulosity. I think scrupulosity is, is always a disorder of the okay, spiritual life. Okay. And I mean, you know, our tradition would say that, um, in 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 extreme forms of it, it could be sinful. Sure. Because okay. it lacks real trust in the mercy of God. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so yeah, some of the things you were saying, um, I. Uh, the different the interior disposition thing is always really interesting to me because obviously whenever whenever uh what we're doing right whether it's it's praying the rosary whether it's um you know uh standing up sitting down doing things right genuflecting yeah genuflecting the right way or receiving you know oh my gosh I didn't, you know, like it's things like, yeah, the the blessed sacrament is nowhere to be seen in a in, you know, like the sanctuary and you still genuflect to the altar and then, you know, someone will be like, you know, you're only supposed to bow in that point and not genuflect to the altar. And so it's like, you know, those external things are speaking about something more internal, right? And I get that. I get that. It's um well, let, let, let me clarify, though. It's not that the external doesn't matter. It, it's that we focus on the external without having the right interior disposition yeah. as we approach it. So, like, to the example you gave, you know, yeah, technically, is there a correct way to do it, whether you're genuflecting or bowing? Yes. Right. But, you know, it, it, sometimes we can obsess on these things to the point where we think, you know, <laughs> we've done this horrible thing 
because I, I, I was supposed to bow because the liturgy's begun, but I actually genuflected. Or I genuflected <laughs> and the candle's out in the sanctuary and the Blessed Sacrament's actually not in the tabernacle and I'm not supposed to do that. Like, Catholics are really good at just getting completely sideways with Super stuff like this. Then we walk out of the church... And then we're completely, uh, you know, raking our neighbor over the coals and judging them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, so, and that's the other part of the problem I want to talk about. But again, I'll come back to it. But but I I think that we have to be careful. It's not that we shouldn't care about certain things, but we have to care about these things in the right way and with the right interior disposition, whereby uh, I, I would say that we, we fundamentally do what we do. We should do what we do from a deep place of confidence. Confidence. Mm-hmm. That is, with faith, that's what that word means. Confidence in God's love for us. Not coming from a place of deep sense of shame and inadequacy where God kind of despises us and holds us in contempt until we straighten upright and get ourselves all put together. Yeah. So I, I, I want to... You know, I want to just dive into my own personal experience of that, uh, uh, that time frame of my life where I would probably say I was uh, very, yeah, scrupulous. And um, I would say it probably followed uh, a, an awakening in my faith. So, you know, I'm, I'm like a broken record about this, but for about 25 years of my life, it was... Um, just going through the motions and and checking off the boxes, but not even really con- being conscious of that, right? Just sort of flowing, floating through life. And then whenever whenever my eyes were opened to you know to bigger things, simultaneously there was this thing going on inside of me where I was like, oh my gosh, this like this actually has real personal. It, life-changing meaning for me, like transformational stuff, you know? So, so inside I'm like, I want more. Like I got, this is like, I, I couldn't soak it up enough. I, I was so intrigued and blown away by, by a real experience, by a v- real experience of the Lord's love, his mercy, all those things. Right. But at the same time, I think it all, like, the years of not living like that were very clear to me. Like my eyes were opened also in an awareness of, wow, I've really not been living well, or at least as, you know, like as fully alive as I should have been. And having, you know, like having a little bit of regret and, uh, you know, probably shame, I'm sure, in that. But, you know, so like I, I just wanted... I wanted to do everything perfectly. I wanted to do it, you know, like the right way. And I wanted to, like you said, you know, if if uh, if I can say one rosary, then, you know, it, I'm, I'm not giving the Lord enough if I'm not saying that second rosary, you know. So I'm not really sure interior, you know, like I was excited. It was this excitement. Um. But maybe maybe on some level it was motivated by a sense of like because I hadn't because I haven't been doing that I need to catch up yeah on all of that yeah kind of yeah stuff. no I mean I can totally relate to what you're saying because I I think I think it's very common I certainly went through a very long many years kind of phase like that and I and I think that it's very common to like when we have a major 
conversion or reversion experience, especially when we're coming out of kind of living in a a kind of worldly way. You know, we want to clean up our house and put everything in perfect order. And, and that can be motivated by a great, um, you know, rediscovery or discovery of the faith and, and a lot of inspiration. And there's actually, you know, spiritual masters will actually talk about that as a kind of like, a, it, it's labeled a kind of excessive zeal, you know, and it kind of leads to almost a kind of spiritual gluttony, mm. you know, where you're just, you know, you just can't get enough, you know, um, you got, and, and you kind of clutter your life with all of these pious devotions and all these prayer routines and and all that. And so it, it is common, but I think, and, and, and it's interesting because maybe you, I mean, I went through this phase, maybe you did too, um, but when you're riding high in that kind of time of your life, it's also, I found it was very easy, and I, I, I very much fell into this, a kind of spiritual pride. Like, mm. I felt like I was such a good Catholic because... You know, I did this. I did. Th- I had it, today the the term we use, virtue signaling. Like I think it's yeah, a great yeah. term because that's you 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 kind of begin to see yourself as someone who's going to show everybody else how you do it right. You know, and you're going to check all the boxes. You know, it's like, well, you know, I I do the Divine Chaplet of Mercy at three o'clock, and I pray my rosary every day. I do the Liturgy of the Hours every morning and every evening, and you know, and I've got my prayer card sitting in my car, and I, you know, I fast on Wednesdays and Fridays. You know, there's all these things, and and we can become, I think, and I did for many years. That became sort of puffed up, but. One of the things that I noticed happened to me, and and then I want to hear if this was similar for you, both the the the, the sort of spiritual gluttony, but and the pride, but also, I then fell into kind of a period of despair because what I started noticing was that despite all these things I was doing, these effort, some of the things that were core to my personality weren't really changing. They weren't really maturing. And so I I began to feel more, that's where their scrupulosity really came in because I started feeling like despite all my effort, I'm still just a rotten person on the inside and I'm not, I'm not changing. Like it, this isn't transforming me. It looks good on the outside, and everybody can, you know, sort of like, oh, isn't, you know, Michael, he's, you know, he's such a good Catholic, you know. But on the inside, I'm still having all these terrible struggles, and I'm not seeing a lot of progress. And and that's that, for me, was when I started becoming really scrupulous and really obsessed with performing and, you know, and, and this kind of almost pious activism um, of somehow hustling and trying to make myself... Um, squeaky clean, you know, and perfect in the eyes of God. And meanwhile, not dealing with the real stuff. But anyhow, I don't know. I yeah. mean, did you have a, a similar type of experience like that? or Yeah, yeah, different? super similar. Probably not to the, uh, you know, not to the militant extreme of, of you. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, because mine, you know, like, m- my story is more about... Um, being mentored very carefully by somebody. And so, so you know, I didn't have to figure out a lot of this by myself. But my, my big moment, I think, was really I had an experience of God's mercy in confession that, that I had never had before. Something that was like, gosh, a decade old, you know, that, that I had <clears throat> never had the courage to... You know, so anyway, whenever I finally did, when I finally put that out on the on the confessional table, you know, and um, 
came away with that. I think that yeah, mine was uh, mine was really motivated by sort of what I said earlier, like a this realization that you know, in in a totally wrong realization. I know that now, but that I owed God something for the years that I did not give it, you know, give back to Him, or or to, you know, is this weird like as if. I don't know why. I don't know where that came from. If it was something that was explicitly communicated to me, if I was brought up in an environment where, like, oh, if you know, like, if if you're blessed, you have to return it, you know, in equal or more amounts. Well, don't you think there's some? It's natural on some level to want to make sort of reparation for your past. Yeah, human to human, I would say for sure, but but. You know, it's at, and I, but I'm not sure, and maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not sure that I need to make it kind of like a, a a reparation to God in a sense. You know, in other words, um, I think God desires the contrition, like the true contrition and the true like um, reparation for the things that I've done. But I think I was doing it in a way because I wanted to earn or or like merit this thing that yeah, I received yeah. from God. Be worthy you know? of it. Be worthy of it. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Which which I would say now, like as as I've grown, I understand that to be like wrong. I mean it's it's not the right way to think. And you know, and and of course the the famous the like those two famous heresies which are Plagianism, Jansenism. I don't even know which one is which. Plagianism is the one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Well I mean Jansenism is is scrupulous, but Pelagianism is, you know, relying on your own efforts in order to attain salvation. Yeah, yeah. And I feel, okay, so if I can make a quick segue from that. Yeah. Because I had a thought earlier. I've been in conversations with people where it seems like they haven't, they haven't necessarily crossed that threshold of, like, that new spiritual zeal. You know, like, I've, I've had this conversion-type experience, and I'm super excited, and but it's more like they're living out of this um, wanting to satisfy the rules to a you know to the such a minute degree because they're so afraid of doing it wrong, you know. So, for instance, a big one that often comes up you you sort of glossed over this real quickly, but the idea of abstaining you know on uh, from meat on on. Fridays, you know, and I guess before Vatican II, that was kind of like the well, that it was, was normal every Friday, yeah, you know, and then all of a sudden they're like, well, I just do it on Fridays during Lent and Good Friday and Ash Wednesday, you know. Well, and, yeah, but go ahead. We're supposed to do a penance every Friday. It just didn't have to be abstaining from meat. Okay, so and yeah, but that's it, still true, right? But I get a lot of uh, I get a lot of like people that feel like. My gosh, I should I be should I be abstaining from meat on all Fridays? Like for whatever reason, they're still under this impression that this is something that we have that like we have to do in a way, almost like for our salvation is kind of the the sense I get. And it's like um, one, you know, probably they they don't know enough about the faith to understand that that's not the case. The other thing is like. Once we start doing something over and over and over and over and over again, I, I notice that it has a tendency a lot of times to lose its meaning or to lose the original like spirit 
behind it because it's just so repetitive, you know? And uh, so, I, I, you know, I, that might be a different conversation, but um, in terms of scrupulosity, and it's like, it seems like scrupulosity loses, uh, it, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's where it's where that person loses the spirit behind you know the the thing that they're doing well it yeah i mean i think the it it ha, it 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 becomes scrupulous when you lose the right intention and sort of like not just the intention of your heart but also the intentions of your mind like the 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 understanding out of which you're doing something and i don't think sometimes i don't think we you know, we can tell ourselves that we're operating sort of objectively out of the mind and the heart of the church, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's what we aspire to do, but in reality, we're actually operating out of the mind and, and heart of our dysfunctional, broken selves. Mm-hmm. And and we oftentimes don't distinguish between those two. So we might say, well, you know, I fast on Fridays because I'm trying to, you know, be in, you know, in unison with the life of the church that is, you know, doing penance every Friday, you know, and it's like, but down deep inside, what's really going on is that you, you just feel the sense of obligation, a sense of guilt, because you just feel like, you know, you got to somehow make yourself worthy of God, or, you know, you're not coming at it with, like, for example, like, okay, if I'm going to do a penance on Friday, what is it that I really need to work on? Like, where's my growth edge spiritually? What yeah. What do I need to mature? What virtue do I need to really you know, allow grace to get to work on me, mm. and how can I offer up this 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 penitential offering, this sacrifice, as a way of growing and maturing as a disciple of Jesus, and to become freer in my interior life, for for being able to love, to receive love, to give love. You know, I I think we have to come at these practices really with that that mindset and that interior disposition. Yeah. But so often we come at it, and this is getting to the point you made, we come at it from a legalism, from the standpoint of like, here's the rules, I just got to follow the rules, if I follow the rules, then God's going to love me, and I'm going to go to heaven. And then I become, when, when I can't follow the rules, because sometimes life happens, or sometimes I forget, you know, then I, you know, I sort of, you know, I, I, I uh, flog myself spiritually, you know, mentally, because I'm such a terrible person, and I'm blah, 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 you know, and we beat ourselves up with this kind of shame um, stuff. And and in all of that, we're missing the point. I mean, I think that's what we're trying to get at here. It's like you're missing the point. Like, um, and, and getting, understanding the right relational disposition we're supposed to have with God is critically important for any of those kind of practices to actually be helpful to us. Yeah. You know? So, so it sounds like what you're saying is... It, trying to sum this up for myself but the action you know how much of an obligation do we have as christians as catholics to to grow in self-awareness on a constant basis because it seems like that's ultimately what you're saying like you you the more that you understand all the things going on inside of you, the more that you're able to like understand your brokenness, your woundedness, but you know, for, for me, my brokenness, my woundedness, the more I can understand those things about myself, the more, the better I can understand how those external pieties and devotions and practices will help 
that part of me, you know. So, for instance, if I understand that I suffer from a repetitive sin, you know, and like I would fast, for instance, and that fasting would have something very specific to do with that, like a, a purpose for it or an intention for it. Yeah. Right. So, so if you don't have that self awareness, if you're doing it in order to meet a legal obligation to somehow satisfy God's disappointment in you, right? And and we have to be honest. Like you have to really search your heart and say, "Is that my motive?" Okay. So that's one. That's one is knowing yeah. that and doing it out of a legal. Uh, legal sense. Kind of a legalism. Yes. The second one would be um, not knowing it, but doing the actions, you know, because the actions are somehow going to, I don't know, or, help, you, help you to earn heaven or help you to... Yeah, I mean, but I, I would say that's still kind of in the same category, but you might do it to impress others. Like, in other words, you might do it because you want to appear to be a person who's that type of Catholic, you know, and yet your heart really isn't in it, you know? Let me, I wanted, to, I was thinking as you were talking, I wanted to, I had, I came up with sort of a metaphor that I think works. Awesome, I can't wait. <laughs> yeah, thanks. <laughs> Should I just wait Get here your for pencils a minute? Get your pens yeah, out, yeah. everybody. No, I mean, I was just thinking about, I was just thinking about just physical exercise. Yeah. Okay, so it's good to exercise. Nobody, nobody would, nobody would really argue against that. Okay, right. so I think about my own exercise routine. And there's two things that I that I struggle with in exercise, maybe three things. One is, is just being consistent and motivated to do it. I know it's good for me, and I often don't feel like doing it. So having the right desire, okay, is important to do it. Now, in the, in the course of exercising itself, there's two things I have to be aware of. One is Am I really being intentional? Like I've learned like when I when when you're lifting weights for example, if you really concentrate and focus on the rep when you're lifting weights and the muscle you're actually going to get a lot better result. You're going to get a lot better uh you know stress on that muscle and you're mm. going to you're going to you're going to strengthen that muscle faster than if you're kind of daydreaming and mindlessly pushing the weight up, you can hurt yourself actually because if you do it incorrectly, you strain your ligaments or you, you crank on your joints or whatever. So that's one thing I have to do is like I have to approach the exercise with a certain focus on what it is, what am I, why am I doing this exercise? Yeah. What muscle group am I trying to work here? And I've got to do it properly so that I don't, in doing it wrong, hurt myself and harm myself. So I think it's really important because in the spiritual life, it can be just like that. If we pray the rosary, but we don't come at it with enough focus and intentionality but what we're trying to do here it actually can not be good for us and and it and it can and it doesn't actually help us make real um progress in maturity and and growth yeah. spiritually okay but the second thing is is i can also be motivated by the wrong end when i'm doing it and this is where i think the scrupulosity point comes in even more because if the reason why i'm concentrating and focusing on doing everything just right is from vanity because in the end it's not really just taking care of my health that I care about I really just want to look good mm. and I want people to be impressed with me and know that I work so hard and and you know I'm so fit and da 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 well then I've just kind of eviscerated the real value like I there I suffer a spiritual or psychological harm in that 
So I have to be motivated by a genuine desire to take good care of my body and be a good steward of my body. And then I have to be, you know, we would say today, mindful. Like we have to be conscientious and focused on on what we're doing and doing it in in the best way possible. And and the result of that is is that I'm gonna become I'm gonna become a stronger person, both in terms of my 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 psychological mindset in terms of that. Mm. So if you take that metaphor and you and you transpose it into the spiritual life, really it's the same thing. If my motivation let's start with the second thing I mentioned. If 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 my motivation is to try to earn God's love and mercy, then 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 I'm not really growing in the virtue that God because that's the wrong motivation. If I'm coming from a place of confidence in God's love and I trust in his mercy and his love for me and I know that he wants me to become a fuller person, the person that he wants me to be. And so I'm trying to just cooperate with his grace and and I'm trying to just allow his grace to work in me through this exercise, this spiritual activity, then I'm really going to grow. Mm. And that's all about the end I'm seeking, the intention. But then as I'm doing the activity, I also have to be try to be sufficiently aware of what I'm doing you know, and I struggle with this. I mean, we all do, like praying the rosary. Like, I really love praying the rosary, but half the, you know, most of the time my mind's wandering. So I don't know how fruit. we say, well, how fruitful is that? Mm. Well, why are you praying it if you can't even concentrate on it? Well, because I'm supposed to pray the rosary. Okay, so that's two strikes against me. But if I approach it and say, well, I love Our Lady and I love Jesus and, and I really want to spend time with them today because I know that's going to make my day way better and I, I need their love and I, I need to spend time loving them. And so I'm going to spend this time doing this, and I really get into a relational space with them, and I do that in and through this wonderful prayer that we are given by the church, the rosary. That's a wonderful way to do it, and I avoid the, the kind of the pitfalls of scrupulosity on either side, you know, either in terms of the end I'm seeking or in terms of kind of like how I'm going about doing the, the, the prayer. Yeah. So anyway, you could apply that to anything, fasting, how you participate in Mass, your daily scripture devotion. Um, anyway, that's a lot, but yeah, you know, hopefully that's helpful. It is super helpful. In fact, I think you've answered all the questions. Um, <laughs> <laughs> what about? Um, no, that was really good. What about? Uh, you know, this idea that if we don't, and if we don't, uh, how do I want to say this? It seems like there's a lot of conversation out there that we're the the opposite of scrupulous is that what sort of like a cavalier it's just cavalier attitude, or yeah. whatever happened you know like yeah um you don't need uh you can do it on your own or, or um or any way that you want to you know it doesn't matter so getting into that a little bit maybe just like the the proper you know like this whole like if I got to fold my hands the right way. I have to say, you know, I got to read the things, uh, the liturgy hours in the right way. And I got to do all this stuff, whatever it might be. Um, I got to say the little, uh, what's the little prayer at the end of the rose, like the little thing, like the St. Faustina prayer and blah, blah, blah. And if you don't, you know, people are like, what? What's, why aren't you saying? Like, you know, like, yeah. so anyway. You mean the Fatima prayer. The Fatima prayer. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks. It was okay. an F. It was so close. Yeah, it was close. close. But anyway, <laughs> it seems like there's a lot of fear that I run into of like if we if we don't do these things, 
super perfectly. That is the slide. That's that's where we just start to slide into, you know, the church losing its identity, uh, falling into chaos. You know, like you just let one little thing, you know, like not not uh, not be done correctly, and the whole thing is just eventually gonna. Yeah. Yeah. What's your? I mean, what do you think? Do you well, have thoughts on this? I do. I mean, I have a lot of confidence in God. <laughs> I have a lot of confidence that God can overcome, uh, you know, our mistakes and our um, the things we do incorrectly. I mean, I do think that the Lord is, uh, you know, there are there are things presented to like, you know, this, for instance, um, the, you know, the Eucharist has to be consecrated the right way, blah, 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 you know, and those things have been... Uh, given to us, revealed to us by the Holy Spirit. So, you know, there is some validity type things that can't be done incorrectly. But the little devotional kinds of things and and pious observances, and and I would say even, you know, like, yeah, genuflecting on your left knee instead of your right knee, you know, like, um, I just feel like... What exactly is a profound bow? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. What does that look like? Well, What's I, the like? He, he's up there with yeah. one of those angle measurers to yeah. make sure well, that the angle also, of profound is reached. I don't. Yeah. You can also see this too. I would say in some of the some of the finer points of the rubrics of the mass, you know, and and the way the priest say holds his fingers and things like this. But yeah. No, I know. I mean, what you're I don't saying. want. I'm not. I'm not a. I'm not a proponent of sloppiness, or, yeah, like not caring about those things. But I, I, I guess I'm, I, praise God, I'm at a point in my life where those things, I think, for me, um, I have a lot of, God has a lot of mercy on me, so I have a lot of mercy on myself. And um, if, there, if I end up realizing, oh, geez, I, I you know, bowed when I should have genuflected or I genuflected, blah, 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 I'm like, okay, God. Whatever. <laughs> that is not going to hold me. Like, I'm not going to, I don't think I'm going to be in front of him at the end of my life. And he's going to be like, man, if you just would have genuflected that one time. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's hell for you. Yeah. Uh, but, but there's a, you know, I do feel like I know a lot of people who, yeah, get, go like get all bent, get like, get seriously bent about those kinds of things. And I know I did it. It, it, at some point, like, I was super hyper-focused on those things in my life, and I don't know what to, I, you know, I guess I'm trying to figure out how to answer those people, how to, like, respond to the, uh, whenever those conversations come up, and... Yeah. Um, well, I mean, you know, I guess this this actually gets to the other point that I sort of kept punting on earlier. Um, Jesus has this saying, which I come back to a lot, which is, you know, he says it to the Pharisees. He says, you, 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 you strain out the gnat and swallow the camel. And, and my, my way of understanding what he's trying to say there is that we have this real strong tendency, and I think the devil is all over this, to relativize absolute norms and to absolutize relative norms. Ooh, that's good. Say should that I, again. Should I say it again? Yeah. So... The devil is all over this. <laughs> I think he likes to get us to relativize absolute norms mm. 
and absolutize relative norms. So yeah, give me give me an example. So like for example, I kind of hinted at it earlier. It's like okay, let's say you're just not having a perfectly conscientious moment, and you forget to genuflect when you go into church. Mm-hmm. Okay, in the grand scheme of things, it's really not that big a deal. But I know Catholics that would literally sit in the pew for thirty seconds to a minute and sit there and ruminate about that. Mm. Okay, and then. Halfway through the liturgy, they're looking over at someone else in the pew who's chewing gum. (laughs) And they'll spend 10 or 15 minutes dragging that person over the coals for their lack of reverence in liturgy. Mm -hmm. So, okay, straining out the gnat is worrying about whether you genuflected before walking into church because we don't even have a direct command that we're supposed to do that. It's a custom. It's a tradition. Hmm. It's an expression, outward expression, of an interior disposition. But Jesus clearly tells us that we're not supposed to judge our neighbor. Mm. And and he doesn't say it once. He says it many times. That's swallowing the camel. So it, it I think that one thing that can help us is to say, am I really trying to embody the spirit of charity? Am, am I really trying to first receive the love of God and I'm trying to transmit the love of God into the world? Because that's the main thing. Mm. And whatever, the, the relative things, the, the pious devotions and the practices, those things are all meant to help me love more, to receive love and to give love more effectively. Um, and only they're only useful to the degree to which they actually help us do that. So if we get stuck and tripped up over those things which have relative value because they're lowercase t tradition, if Mm. you could say. Um, You know, like another example in the liturgy, you know, if like, you know, if a priest it's good form to hold your hands and your fingers in the right way and to have the right Oran's position with your hands. Mm -hmm. That's good. But if you don't, it's not the end of the world. But if you don't say the words of consecration correctly, that's kind of goes to what you were saying. Like that's a major deal. Yeah. Like it's very clear. That's Jesus gave you us don't want to relativize. He yes, he gave us a very clear formula for consecrating the Eucharist. Mm. We don't mess with that. Mm-hmm. We don't invent our own words when it comes to the sacred mo- moments of the Mass. So it it there's a certain way in which we have to see. Uh, the relationship of things to what's really fundamental and essential. And that has to do with the disposition of our hearts. But I also want to say, too, because the other part that I don't want to lose sight of here is, in the end, where's the focus? If a person is following all the correct, you know, gestures and all the things, but their heart and mind is totally on the love of Christ, totally on Christ, so much so that they're almost forgetful of themselves. That that's that's where you you really want to be. Mm. But if in going through all these motions and doing all these things, the attention is on myself, well, then I'm missing the whole point. Mm. I, I I'm just I'm I'm absolutizing a relative value, and and I'm relativizing an absolute value, which is my heart, and my mind should be centered on on God and and God's love for me. And, and again, I want to come back to the word confidence. I love that word. Confidence just means with faith. And faith, you either have, you know, faith 
well, I don't want to say you either have it or you don't have it, but but faith is trust. And you're either trusting God in the moments of prayer and piety or you're trusting in yourself. Mm. And, and you're trying to do it yourself. You're trying to you're trying to make yourself worthy. And and it's only in 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 the inner sanctum of of being truly honest and and looking into our hearts and saying what is really motivating me here? And if what's motivating me here is just an excessive fixation on myself and how unworthy I am and how I've got to do all these things to get it just right so that God will love me, that's scrupulosity. Mm. And scrupulosity doesn't really bear any real fruit in the spiritual life. It doesn't help us grow. And in fact, it can be very harmful to us and it can be very harmful to those around us because scrupulous people tend to hold up the ruler to other people. And this is the other part of it is that, you know, if I'm measuring myself all the time in that way, I'm going to be I'm going to be measuring other people mm. uh, probably even more severely. Yeah. So um, so I don't know. I mean, a lot to think about. But it is. I, I love the uh, I love the phrase disposition of the heart, because um, I feel like for me, that's that's been something more recently uh, developed, you know, uh, and I say recently, but over the last 20 years. Um, but the, for the first 25 or so years of my life, you know, that wasn't even a concept that I had ever heard of, you know, like, and I feel like that is fundamental. It's fundamental to, to having things properly ordered, mm-hmm. you know, like, because if I don't, if I'm not, if I'm not aware of the disposition of my heart, if I'm not aware of where my intentions are really coming from on a, on a deep, deep, deep level, then I feel like that's where things become disordered. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that self-awareness, I, I, I think we should say this, we can be aware and we can be sufficiently curious about what's going on inside of us without obsessing over ourselves. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. there's a difference. Sure. I can be self-aware, but my fundamental orientation is always one of confidence and trust yeah. and, and abandonment to God's love. It, it You know, I, I mean, I've gotten to a point, I think, in my own life where it's a lot easier for me uh, to be, um, I don't know how to say this, but it's like to not be A, paralyzed in my imperfections mm-hmm. and to experience a certain kind of freedom in seeing my weaknesses and my, my vulnerabilities and my imperfections. And just be able to just hand those over to the Lord and say, I trust that I'm handing these to you because I know that you can you can help me and fix these things. And I'm not going to get all wrapped around the axle about it. Yeah. Because because then I just become self-focused. It's like, Lord, I mean, I don't, like, I know you love me and I know that you are going to work this out in me as long as I let you do that and I just hand it over to you. Yeah. I, I was not like that 10, 15 years ago. I mean... I, I was just, um, I was as fastidious about the spiritual life and as scrupulous as anybody could be. Everything yeah. just had to be, you know, perfectly <clears throat> in order, and everything was so black and white. Yeah. And I was, I was, I was rigid in that, and I broke under the pressure of my own failures, my own imperfections. Yeah. And There's the no Lord had to humble me. Yeah. That. No, there isn't. Yeah. Whoo! All right. Anything else? No, I mean, I think that was... Uh, Scrupulosity. Yeah. So That's a lot to chew on. That's awesome stuff, though. Yeah. Yeah, yeah no, I. it's always a continued 
process of growth and interior freedom. Yeah. To quote Father Jacques Philippe. Way to end that. Yeah. All right. Well, good. Till next Give time. Give me back. Oh, Till next anything time. Else? Anything else that needs to be said at the end? Oh, if you like this podcast, please share it with other people. Please. Yes. Pretty please. And also, if you want to learn more about what Preambula Group does, visit, visit us on the web at www.preambula.org. Mm. Good stuff. All, All right. right. Take See care. Ya. The Wise Guys Podcast is a production of Preambula Group, a Catholic ministry dedicated to helping you thrive in the heart of Jesus. Visit us on the web at preambula.org and follow us on social media.